Hey everyone, this is Sean Early and welcome to the ARVR Magazine podcast. Unless you've been hiding under a rock, you've probably heard all the news lately about the new AI platform GPT and all the disruption it's been causing in the tech industry. One of these big disruptions is the fact that some researchers recently came out with a paper discussing how they use GPT to take the bar exam for lawyers, and surprisingly, it nearly passed it. So today, I'm joined by Philippe Alexandra, who is a founding principal attorney for AG Immigration Law, and he's going to share some of his thoughts on all this. So I'll see you in the episode. Welcome to the ARVR Magazine podcast, your source for news, trends, and analysis of the AR, VR, and immersive technology industry. This podcast has been brought to you by the Robot Spaceship Podcast Network. For more info and other great podcast series, go to robotspaceship.com and subscribe. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the ARVR Magazine podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be switching up topics a little bit. Um, I normally talk about immersive technology on this podcast, but I also think that the topic of artificial intelligence is also going to play a big part in this evolving concept of the metaverse, whatever it plays out to be. And unless you've been hiding under a rock lately, you've probably also heard about this new AI platform, ChatGPT, which just launched last month, and all of the disruption it's been causing in the tech industry. One of these big disruptions is the fact that some researchers came out with a paper that discussed how they use GPT to take the bar exam for lawyers, and surprisingly, it nearly passed it. So today, I have a pretty interesting guest to talk about this topic. He's a founding principal attorney at AG Immigration Law, and his name is Philippe Alexandre. So Philippe, thanks for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So before we get started, um, maybe can you give us a little bit about your background? Uh, terrific. So uh, Felipe Alexandre, I was actually born in Brazil, so I'm an immigrant myself. My parents had the American dream when I was seven years old, uh, raised here, surrounded by immigrants, saw the uh, difficulties they were going through culturally, linguistically, and through the legal system. It planted a seed in my heart. Uh, became a lawyer, wanted to defend the underdog, and naturally gravitated towards being an uh, immigration lawyer. Growing up in this uh, great country with all the diversity, I had the opportunity to learn, uh, you know, several languages and be familiar with several cultures, and I just kind of mashed all these interests together and uh, became an immigration lawyer, helping people uh, from all over the world come to this great country. I was checking your bio, and you speak what six languages, including Mandarin. Yes, I speak six languages. I can do consultations in six. I've studied others. Uh, I can go to restaurants, order food, and, and have a, a basic chat and have, have them laugh at me in uh, other languages. But <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> the, the six, I can, I can uh, uh, you know, look a client in the face and understand what they're saying about their legal problems. That's impressive. Um, so yeah, let's just jump right into it then. So for people who aren't familiar with what all this GPT, chat GPT stuff is, there is a company called OpenAI, and they have a artificial intelligence platform called GPT. Current iteration is GPT 3.5. Company was founded, co-founded by Elon Musk. It's funded by Microsoft, and people have been using GPT for a lot of things. Last month, um, in December, they came out with a feature called ChatGPT, which is a sort of a chat interface that allows you to talk to this AI. So you can have a normal conversation with it. It's not like a chat bot where you ask it something and it gives you a pick one or two, pick one or two selection. You know, it's not as pre-programmed kind of responses. It, it has an iterative conversation just like a human being would. 
and you can ask it to write code. You can ask it to create apps. You can ask it to make a game. Um, you can ask it to write uh, all kinds of different types of things. In you can ask it to have conversations with you in the style of your favorite writer or your favorite comedian or your favorite actor or whatever. So it has a, a huge, you know, set of internet sized understanding of, of topics and data that it can pull from to answer questions for you and have conversations with you. And people have been using it for all kinds of amazing things lately. Um, you kind of just have to go in and play with it to see for yourself. Does amazing stuff. Anyway, um, one of these sort of disruptive things that recently just happened is last month they came out with this report um, by these researchers who use GPT to take the bar exam for lawyers. And this thing nearly passed it. Um, current iteration is GPT 3.5. Next iteration will be GPT 4. And they say that when GPT 4 rolls out this year, it will actually pass the bar exam. Um, the thing came within like a 60% range. Uh, certain, certain, certain parts of the bar exam, it actually did pass. So three, I can't remember, three or four sections of the bar, it did pass. And the other sections, it came within a 60% tile range of what a normal human would probably ask, but they didn't pass. But anyway, this thing came really close. Um, and there's just a lot of people who are like, you know, this, this is the, the possibilities uh, based on this type of, you know, uh, response from this platform uh, is completely transformative. Um, you know, it's going to disrupt lots of potential industries, and that's not even getting to all the other AI, you know, things that are going on out there. But anyway, um, this thing is actually being tested in a court of law just to see what it does. Um, and that's why I, I brought Philippe in to, to comment on this. So, Philippe, as a lawyer, what do you think about all this stuff? Very, very interesting. Uh, we mentioned uh, my language background. So before I actually used to be a court interpreter and we used to say, you know, uh, machines will never take over and, you know, will always, you know, be relevant. And it's still the case with interpreters and translators because there's still a lot of uh, nuanced languages that, you know, Google Translate still doesn't pick up on. But Google Translating is getting better, uh, uh, eeringly better and better. Yeah. So now we have. So I I, I was able to escape one profession that was uh, going to be um, you know taken over by robots, uh, but now now I have to fight you know for my existence in this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is very interesting. I I do love uh, I mean, you know any anything that offers a a low cost but a competent uh, low cost option are for people that need legal representation and can't afford it. Uh, I, I am interested in it, uh, uh, you know, although, and, and, you know, people say, well, you have a private practice. Well, I mean, I started as a public defender. I'm, I, I'm a nonprofit at heart, uh, but I have my own business. So I appreciate it. Um, but like I said, I, I want to make sure that is a, it is a competent option. So uh, the, the you know the bot is coming close to passing the bar exam. I have I have no doubt that they can they can get um, you know the bot to eventually pass uh, the bar exam. It, it's I understand why they're having challenges in doing so because it's it's not um, 
so much A, B, and C. There is a lot of analysis that goes uh, into uh, the bar exam, but I, I, I think they will be able to nail that down. Having said that, uh, I always think of the example of one of my mentors uh, at the Public Defender's Office. I admired him. He was such a great litigator, um, and he took the bar exam four times before he passed it. So the bar exam is not a predictor of, of how successful or competent you will be as an attorney. The bar exam tests your ability to learn a great amount of information and to be able to apply that to facts. So I think the bot will be able to do that. Um, however, the human element that goes into representing someone uh, in a trial, for example, my goodness, will the bot be able to select a jury? Now we're starting with traffic court, so I, I like that. And that, you know, if if the client loses, uh, the company will, will will pay the traffic ticket. You know, that, that that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, one issue I see if you know if and it's the big if because you know uh, the legal bar courts are very conservative. But if they start allowing these in court, let's say they become you know, tested and hey, they actually do a decent job for folks that, you know, need a, a low cost option. What happens if the defendant loses? Then the first thing the defendant is going to do, they're going to blame the robot, right? And, and instead of blaming uh, the attorney and saying ineffective assistance of counsel, now they're going to blame the robot. And so how do you get around that? So it's interesting uh, for sure. And, and we, we will definitely stay tuned. Let's let's maybe step back a little bit and just kind of get into like how how technology is being used in law firms. I mean, obviously we have computers and cell phones, but I mean, what is some of the technology that is really sort of helping law firms? Uh, I would say modern technology, software platforms, SAS platforms, these types of things. I think all kinds. First, even um, beyond practice of law, just administratively, you know, with accounting, uh, and, and, uh, you know, client, uh, you know, CRMs and, and client base, uh, and then when it comes to dealing with clients, just organizing their files, um, expediting certain things, you know, filling out forms. Uh, so definitely, uh, you know, technology has been used uh, to expedite, to optimize the use of our time. Uh, technology, uh, you know, is being used in, in the legal world uh, to give clients, uh, you know, access to certain boilerplate drafting that, you know, they didn't have access to before. And so the, it's the whole thing of capitalism. It, 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 it might render uh, the value of certain services uh, obsolete, but it, it, it makes practitioners uh, more competitive, better. It gives clients more affordable options. So I'm, I'm referring to, uh, oh, um, you know, I, I want to rent my house out to somebody. Do I need a lawyer to draft something or can I look at some samples? And then if, you know, I'm relatively fluent in the English language and comfortable with some of the legalese, I can just, you know, change some of the languages and put my name, you know, landlord and, and right. the tenant's name and we sign it. And, and therefore we, we have a legal document and we spend zero dollars uh, on a lawyer. So I, I, I think it's, it's, it's forcing lawyers to um, really provide value. It's an exchange for value. Va you know, clients aren't going to pay you thousands of dollars if it's something now that they can, they're able to get online. And so uh, it, it, it's our job as lawyers to, to give them the best possible value. And I, and I think it makes us better practitioners. Right. I, I, a friend of mine was asking because of the whole AI chat GPT topic, a friend was asking if there are any, 
AI platforms that can help because he had some legal documents for where he worked and they needed to redraft them. And I was trying to find a platform for him. And there was like a platform in beta now, I think it was called Spellbook, which basically takes existing documents and kind of reworks the wordage. Um, so it's, I make, I guess it's not so it's the original document, maybe it's a new document variation or something. But I, I can understand how these types of things would make law firms much more, you know, effective and, uh, Definitely ease ease the workload for a lot of you know maybe even just the legal assistants and stuff not not exactly the lawyers themselves. Um, how how do you feel? I mean, it, it can go so many directions. I mean, obviously the you know Chat GPT if it passes a bar exam, um, they they said that the new version GPT four will come out this year and they anticipate it'll have enough parameters in it to be able to pass the exam. If it does pass the exam, I'm assuming, like you said, it's mostly just a lot of knowledge on a lot of documentation, right? I mean, that's that's the bulk of what the bar is about. There's also, is there also, I, I'm not really familiar with the, the every part of the bar itself, but is there parts where like they're opposed um, hypothetical situations and you have to make do with your opinion, or is it mostly you have to reference the documentation to make the best answer? How does that work exactly? Yeah, so you know you have the multi-state bar exam, which um, you know the GPT article re referred to, uh, and then there's the essay portion. The essay portion is is really where the lawyer can get creative and, and score some points. Uh, I I, prefer, I personally prefer that part because um, at least I, I know that I can score some points on every question. Whereas right. with the MBE, if you get the wrong answer, whatever that is, and it's it's wrong, um, so. Yes, definitely. With, you know, with the essay, you you have a fact pattern, uh, you have a legal question, and then you get to apply uh, your knowledge. Sometimes they'll give you um, samples, you know, from which to base, like you know, based on the statute or based on this kind of legal document. Uh, but usually, it's it's a fact pattern, and you apply your knowledge uh, of the law. Um, again, the the bar exam, uh, it's it's very general knowledge about a lot of things. Uh, for example, uh, the immigration law is not on the bar exam. I repeat, immigration law is not on the bar exam. So it's not okay. something that lawyers are, t are tested on at all uh, in order to be uh, licensed attorneys. Um, and also with the bar exam, there, there, there's quite a bit of practical knowledge uh, that just isn't tested. It, it's, it's not learned and it's not tested. For example, where do I file uh, certain documents or you know, how, how do I... Uh, deal with the government when it comes to this issue. It, it, it is strictly uh, a, a legal analysis. And so somebody that uh, passes the bar exam, they've shown that they have uh, the requisite uh, intelligence to learn information and to apply the law to facts. However, there's still a lot of law uh, that they're, they're going to have to learn in order to uh, actually practice it uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, when I when I passed the bar exam, just based off of that knowledge, um, I, I could not I could not provide any valuable legal services uh, to anyone. The, the the real knowledge that I gained was from internships, uh, from working you know with other legal practitioners and and just digging into the books uh, as, as to my own practice area. Right. And so if if there was a, a you know artificial intelligence so similar to ChatGPT or or something maybe more multimodal that includes 
different types of documents, audio, video, that type of thing. How could you foresee a law firm benefiting from that kind of technology? Well, so, so I, I'm not a, a very, very tech savvy guy. I, I will uh, make the adjustments and uh, you know and, and adapt, and, and I'm all, and I, I, th- I think it's interesting. So when when the uh, GPT came out, I, I was surprised to learn that recently our law firm um, used an article written by the, the GPT uh, to post it on our website about asylum. Uh, it, it specifically, uh, you know, we do a lot of chi- uh, asylum for um, uh, Chinese nationals and some of the uh, political persecution that they're going through. So I, I think the article was something like, um, "How can how can Chinese nationals fearing persecution apply for asylum in the United States?" And it it actually wrote an article about asylum. Was it the most detailed article I've ever read? No, but it it, it definitely is a good starting point. Uh, if you give it to, let's say, a paralegal and say, okay, so here's what the GPT wrote. Uh, I want you to talk more about this, this, and that. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, it, it, it was, it was a, a very nice first draft, I have to say. Um, you mentioned the, uh, the point about, you know, if somebody were to actually use AI as a lawyer in the future, and if they're convicted guilty or whatever, they would try to come back against the robot. Um, what do you feel about sort of the, the ethical aspect of using AI at, at that level of being, you know, in, in, a, in a law firm or just in court or whatever? Um, is that, do you feel like that is something that would be widely adopted? People would be open to that or do you feel it'd be like, no way? I, I definitely feel there will be a lot of resistance and putting aside the perceived threat to business, right? right. Uh, putting that completely aside uh, and just thinking about the client. Uh, it, it does give me trepidation. We've learned through, you know, uh, development of technology uh, that really, you know, it, it's wrong for us to say it's impossible. Um, but just looking at things now and looking at how important the human element is, uh, it's, it's tough for a robot to make certain calls. Uh, for example, if you're, re- you're representing a defendant in a criminal trial, do you have the defendant testify? And I think that decision, the lawyer considers so many things, his knowledge about the judge and the way the jury was looking at and reacting to certain evidence and, you know, just the tone the prosecutor would use when referring to some of this evidence. And, you know, um, how does your client's priors, would that, you know, uh, taint the jury? Uh, There's just a lot of, um, I, I think, very human decisions uh, that, that this robot would have to make. And uh, making the wrong call might be a ground of appeal for the defendant to appeal and say that was the wrong call. Uh, and, and so then, well, you know, it's, but it's, it's, it's a robot. Well, yeah, but they're allowed to practice in, in the courtroom. So um, uh, there's definitely going to be a lot of resistance due to factors like that. Um, will the robot, you know, truly understand and, and appreciate the you know, the rules of ethics, you know, if, if a client uh, says something they're not supposed to, you know, does the robot know, you know, when to, you know, steer the client in the right direction? Uh, so the, there's definitely a lot of concerns um, and, and, and and looking at um, the client's best interest uh, at this point. 
Um, your law firm is is pretty cutting edge. I you know I, I mentioned uh, previously talking about your your virtual reality platform, and you mentioned you just came out with uh, with an article in Chat GPT. Um, you know why why is AG Immigration so cutting edge? I mean what 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 motivates you guys to stay on top of this kind of tech and you know write about it and release. I mean, first law firm I've ever heard of that that has has its own virtual reality platform. That's pretty. That's pretty. That's pretty cutting edge. <laughs> it's pretty cutting edge. It's pretty cool, and I, I cannot take the credit for it. Uh, you previously spoke to our CEO and my partner Rodrigo Costa, uh, and he's the tech savvy guy. Uh, he's the one that has you know the tech vision, uh, and and uh, you know th- th- this is one of the reasons we partner up. We we, we have different talents and and, and different backgrounds. And, and what he brings to it is, you know, every time he sees a developing legal platform, uh, you know, he knows that we need to be a part of it. We need to we need to grow with these platforms. We need to grow with these movements. And so the metaverse is something um, that, that's going to be an integral part uh, of our future. And uh, it, it was essential that we get on that. And, uh, yeah, it's it's an honor to really we, we, we haven't gotten word of any other immigration law firm that, that did it before us. So I think, uh, yeah, we're very honored to, you know, to, to, to have that under our belt for sure. Well, I, I'm definitely, definitely going to keep, keep, uh, keep tabs on what you guys are working on next. And, uh, I hope to maybe have somebody from your firm back to, to kind of discuss this topic as it, as it progresses maybe in the next year. Um, Anyway, Felipe, if, if people want to find out about you and AG Immigration, where can they go? Uh, they go. They can go to our website, uh, agimmigration.law. Uh, they can Google us. They can Google me. Um, you know, when, when, when choosing an attorney, it's it, it's important to you know kind of see where that attorney stands. Uh, you know, in, in terms of reviews, and so please do your research. Uh, we're on Avvo, A V V O, which is a, a an attorney rating uh, website. The lawyer can't pay to have a higher rating. Uh, we're, we're fortunate to have a 10 on that one. We're on super lawyers. Uh, so do your research. Uh, but yeah, we're on Google, uh, our website. Uh, we're on uh, social media, we're on, you know, Instagram. Um, we, we have, you know, YouTube pages. So yeah, come and find out more about us. Well, Felipe, thanks a lot for being on the show. Is there anything else you wanted to add before we cut out? No, I, I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm privileged to to do what I do and, and help people, you know, reach that American dream. People are coming from um, countries where, you know, they're, they're going through massive turmoil right now. So it's a, you know, it's a very fortunate time to be an American right now. Well, I agree. And if anybody in the future needs a robot lawyer, um, be sure to check out the Philippe Alexander uh, 1000 <laughs> and uh, get in touch with AG Immigration Law Firm. We'll do our best. Um, Felipe, thanks for being on the show, man. You got it, Sean. Thank you very much for having us. If you like this podcast, don't forget to click the subscribe button to stay up to date on all the latest episodes. This podcast has been brought to you by the Robot Spaceship Podcast Network. For more info and other great podcast series, go to robotspaceship.com and subscribe. 